When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Accelerate Your Business Growth, where we're exploring all sorts of business topics. Experts from around the world join me, your host, Diane Helbig, for a conversation where they share their expertise with all of you. Take what you need, when you need it. Featured on Inc.com, Forbes, and MSNBC's Your Business, this podcast is recognized as one of the best podcasts for small business sales, leadership, social media, and more. When it comes to business, Accelerate Your Business Growth has got it covered. And now on with the show. My guest today is Dr. Sarah Reif Hecking. She's the founder of True Focus Coaching. She's a speaker, coach, and productivity and time matters expert with over 20 years of experience empowering entrepreneurs, small business owners, professionals, and executives to get a grip on time so they can get to the next level of their lives and businesses. She teaches her clients how to achieve their highest priorities, professional goals, and have the whole life they want. Thanks so much for joining me today, Sarah. Thanks for having me, Diane. I am thrilled to have you here. This is um, a topic that I know I personally deal with, I, I know a lot of, I, I probably everyone I know deals with it at some point in time or on some level. So um, really looking forward to learning. I and love I, I love talking about this topic, Diane. So I'll I think bet. we're going to have a blast. Um, yes. I love the impact that it makes for people because I think you're right. We all sort of struggle a little bit and I will not call myself immune. A lot of what I <laughs> teach people um, I have learned from my own experience, from my background in, in uh, clinical psychology, and really getting a sense on the court about what works to make a difference for people. It's so great. I cannot wait. So I, I would, I want to start with, with something that's somewhat basic, but um, what really is procrastination? I love this question because don't we always tell ourselves we're procrastinating on lots and lots of things, or maybe that's yes. just in my head or my world. Um, and here's the thing. Sometimes we're procrastinating and sometimes we're delaying things purposefully, which is actually a super smart time management strategy. So you want to get really clear about when you're really procrastinating and not beat yourself up when you're delaying, because that's, that's a good move. So procrastination is actually the act of delaying something you know that you can and should be doing. It's mm. that simple. So it's the, mm, for business owners, it's the bookkeeping that needs to be up to date, at least monthly, if not weekly, depending on your business, that you, you never quite get to. Um, or it's that report that needs to be written, that uh, prospectus that business proposal that you keep not doing, even though you know you can do it. And then what ends up happening is there's an emotion that comes up with that. 
And for lots of folks, it's overwhelm. It might be freezing or avoidance. It might be doing something altogether different than what you intend to do. But the, the simple act of procrastination is knowing that you can and ought to do something and choosing not to. I have so many questions. So, which I got to write down because otherwise I'll forget. Um, so what is intentionally, what, what was the thing that isn't procrastination? It's delaying something. On purpose. Yeah. Yeah. So what's that? So right now you and I are recording a podcast. So there's a whole bunch of stuff that on purpose you're not doing right now because you're ah. doing this important thing called recording a podcast, right? Yeah. So there's lots of things that um, we need to be doing at specific times in our day, in our week, in our month. And we choose to do those things and not do other things. The most important thing is that the things that we're choosing to do are actually related to our business goals and our goals outside of our business so that we're really spending our time on the most meaningful and important things. So if you're delaying something, you want to have a good reason for delaying it or know that it's really just not the highest of priorities, right? So there's a whole bunch of email I can guarantee you is coming into my inbox right now that I'm not paying attention to Sure. because I'm with you now and I want you to have my full attention. And that's just one small example of throughout the day, how we need to delay many things that might seem meaningful and important, but actually aren't so much, but pull us away from the important stuff. Okay, thanks for that. Now, uh, so now I'm going to go back to procrastination. So if, if, if we are delaying doing things that we can and know we should be doing, why do we do that? I love this, love this question. It, it isn't, doesn't it feel like if I could just give you a pill or yeah. <laughs> you know, something yeah. quick, yeah, um, that'd be so much fun. So what happens is that procrastination is an emotional process. So what happens is we tend to feel overwhelmed or challenged. Um, and overwhelm is really challenge on steroids, right? It's that I'm so challenged. It's hard for me to think. It's hard for me to take action. I can't quite organize what I ought to be doing here. And it's an emotional response. So when we're in that place that we're feeling that emotion, and I'm using overwhelm because I think that's what causes a lot of people to then procrastinate. And as I mentioned before, it could be freezing. It could be avoidance. It could be like, oh, that is the most boring thing ever. I don't want to do it. That's called avoidance. Yeah. So you want to get a sense about what that emotion is and the specific thing that you're procrastinating on so that you can start to pull it apart because it becomes a behavioral chain. And what I mean by that is you get overwhelmed by a particular activity and so you don't do it, right? You set it aside, even though you know you should do it and could do it. And then what happens? You end up even more overwhelmed or whatever that emotion is for you gets amplified. And then it makes it even harder to go do that thing. So you're procrastinating even more and you end up with this negative spiral where not doing the thing 
adds to the emotion that's getting in the way of you doing the thing. And it just causes you to get stuck. Oh, it, yeah. It's, oh, yeah, I feel it. Like you're talking about it. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and I can feel it. And I can also like tick off the list of things that I just keep not doing that if I just did them, they'd be done, I, you know. Exactly, exactly. And that's what happens. Um, we, we say to ourselves, like, what's wrong with me? If I just did it, it would be done. I'm capable yeah. of doing it. And it, and all of that conversation happens in your head. So in order to start to pull that apart, the procrastination spiral, and really the habit, because what I find with my clients is there are specific things that they know they're going to procrastinate on. Oh, They know that that's just how they handle those activities. Does that make sense? Like, is that yes, ring true? Yes, it you? does. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So one I love to bring up because this just cracks me up. In the United States, we pay taxes on April 15th, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> now, this is like the secret, the secret thing that I learn about people when I'm coaching. The number of people that are either in crazy panic mode to get their taxes done on April 15th or that actually delay, 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 and are, um, you know, they're going to do it after the deadline. Right. <laughs> so, but to none of us, nobody listening, is it a huge surprise that taxes are due on April 15th, thereabouts, right? Yes, that's right. So, yeah, so it's a great example of where we have a habit about how we do something that either makes it easy for the taxes to be done on time or makes it harder for the taxes to be done on time or that we simply delay or pretend we don't need to be doing those things, right? Because it happens. Well, so, yeah, but then we end up just in a, in a fury yes. trying to get it done, right? Yes, and so here's the rub. For some of us, that intense deadline pressure really wakes up our brain and makes it easier for us to focus and function. Oh, so that's a real thing. Sometimes the deadlines are really helpful. And in general, that's why we have deadlines because they help us get organized. They help us pay attention to specific things and get particular activities, really important business building and business um, running activities done, right? Yeah. Now, the problem is if the only way that we know how to handle deadlines is to crash everything out in the day before it's due, then we're always running on hyperspeed. We're always yeah. running in a way that's going to just cause us to get burnt out and exhausted because we only have one tool in the toolkit and that's called pants on fire mode. <laughs> right? Yeah. And sometimes that works for people for a long time until it doesn't. Um, and what I know is that sometimes that can be fun, sometimes it can be exciting, and sometimes it can be incredibly effective. But over the long run, it doesn't work for your team and the whole business. Mm. And it also doesn't work for your brain and your body because you're going to become exhausted and burnt mm. out. Yeah, right. Do you love news about LinkedIn, Indeed, Google, and just about every other recruitment tech company out there? Hell yeah. I'm Chad. I'm Cheese. We're the Chad and Cheese Podcast. All the latest recruiting news and insights are on our show. Dripping in snark and attitude. Subscribe today wherever you listen to your podcasts. We, we out. out.
The world's best-known investor and Wall Street expert Warren Buffett once said, Wall Street is the only place that people ride to in a Rolls Royce to get advice from those who take the subway. Mr. Buffett's quote is remarkably accurate, but how many people would rather receive advice from him than someone simply guessing? Welcome to Buy, Hold, Sell, your single source for Wall Street knowledge and profitable guidance. Please join me, Todd Schoenberger, and fellow trader Tobin Smith, as well as host Veronica Dudo, for a podcast known to move the needle for investors. Tobin and I are seasoned Wall Street executives with deep investment experience, and we are prepared to share our advice to those who choose to listen. Download Buy, Hold, Sell today on the Evergreen Podcast Network or your favorite podcast channel. Okay. This is, this is so, all right. So, so let's sort of flip the script. What do we do about it? So, so how do we bust through this procrastination and this overwhelm? So the first thing is to really recognize what is overwhelming you, right? So is it the taxes? Is it like one of my clients said this really beautifully. He's like, you know, what is the thing I keep writing on my to-do list week after week after week and not doing right? So that's a way that you can find a hint right now. What's that thing you keep writing down and then actually not looking at and writing down again, or waking up in the middle of the night and saying, oh my gosh, it's not done yet. Let me write it down. And you still don't do it, right? So Mm -hmm. that is something that is likely overwhelming you or causing some emotion that's creating the procrastination. So you want to first recognize what that is recognize what's overwhelming you. And then the next thing is you you want to understand what you're saying to yourself. And we talked about this a little bit earlier, Diane, where, you know, often the conversation in your head is like, what's wrong with me? How come I'm not doing this thing I know I can do? Right. And why can't I get started? And how come I don't figure out how to have time for it? Even though I just watched, you know, 13 cat videos and spent 20 minutes on my Instagram feed, right? <laughs> or whatever your version of that is. Yeah. Um, So you want to ask yourself, what, what really are you saying in your head? And this is a, a conversation that we have all the time that is nonverbal. That's what's wrong with me. Why can't I do the, do, do this thing? Um, I'm a horrible person or all those nasty things that you might say to yourself that you would never say out loud to your best friend or somebody that you cared about, right? We get really Mm -hmm. nasty in our heads. So you need to recognize what that is. So let me give an example from a client of mine. Um, We'll call him Ted and he was a photographer. He had a photography business. He's he's the guy who was like, yeah, the thing that I keep not putting on my to-do list is making those outbound marketing calls. I'm not doing it. I hate it. I don't want to do it. And I feel like I'm bothering people. Right. Yeah. And it just feels icky to me. So that was that, what I call the inner fear discussion. That was all that negative stuff he was saying to himself. So the next step here is to calm that inner fear discussion and create a positive conversation that's consistent with productivity. So for Ted, it was something like, you know what, there are people that when I reach them, they really need me to solve their problems and they're happy to have me on the phone and I'm helping them solve problems that they don't have time to reach out to me for and that I can easily solve for them. So feel how that's different than I'm bugging people and this is a waste of my time. Yeah. Yeah. I understand. Yeah. Yeah. And he really liked to solve problems for people. It was fun for him. So instead of setting aside time to make those outgoing marketing calls, right? Ick. 
he put time in his calendar to solve problems for new people. Ah. Uh, okay. Yeah. And just the wording there allowed him to go, oh, that's right. Let me start with a positive conversation here. That's consistent with me doing the thing that's hard to get started on. Solving problems felt like fun. Okay. And then we made it even more specific by having him put in his calendar exactly who he was going to call each um, during each session so that he didn't even in the busy day have to think about finding the phone number. He could do that at a different time, just get it in there. So when he, we, we just removed all the barriers to making those calls. I'm going to solve problems. I'm going to call Mr. Smith. I'm going to call Miss Jones. I'm going to, I'm going to rock their day. I'm going to help them out. Right. Much different conversation than, ugh, I have to make cold marketing calls. Well, the other thing that's really interesting to me about that is that you're, that, that what he's doing is breaking it down into um, like separate steps. Yes. Like preparing himself, getting all the non-scary stuff done, so to speak, so that he's exactly. ready. Yeah. Yeah. So I call that setting yourself up for success. And there's a couple of pieces that are really important in that. One is enabling your routine and your environment to support your productivity. So the routine, let's talk about that. And, you know, routines are habits. Some habits are are good. Some habits are not so good, like the procrastination Mm -hmm. habit. So what we start to do when I work more closely with people is let's pull apart that procrastination habit and let's set up some routines that are going to allow you to make it easier to do that thing that feels hard to do. So if we go back to the marketing calls, um, you know, the example I gave was he, Ted picked like three times in his week that he was going to make marketing phone calls, right? He was going to solve problems for new clients and labeled it that way and made it really clear, here's, here's the best time of day for me to do it. It's when my energy is better for this kind of stuff. Because we really do need mm. to sequence things that you know matches up with the energy in our brain, our life, our business, so that we can show up to that activity in the best way. And for him, it was about 10 o'clock in the morning. Now, I have other clients that would have picked four in the afternoon. Yeah. Right? So you yeah. have to understand your own energy here. And this is some of the deeper work that I, I do with people when I work with them um, more closely. But understanding that setting up the routine. So he knew it was three hours, different days of the week, when it was going to happen. It wasn't a surprise and it wasn't a, how am I going to get that in? It was already worked in. Okay. So that's setting up your routine. Um, And, and then the next thing is setting up your environment to support productivity. So your physical space, your physical space predicts about 80% of what you're going to do eight zero. So that's a lot. Yeah. Okay. This is fascinating. What about your physical space? So you want to make sure that you have the things that you need to do that particular activity right in front of you and all of the things that you don't need walled off in some way. Uh Yeah. So if we just start with your work desk, and I just did this deep dive with some of my clients, let's take a look at your work desk. You know, what's on there that you don't, that is actually not related to work, (laughs) right? Yeah. What is on there that actually is hard to get to that you need to use regularly? 
Oh. How much easier would it be to do some of those things that are challenging for you if the information you needed was right at your fingertips? There was not a barrier to finding it. And you knew that you weren't going to be interrupted when you were doing the work. Right. So yeah. setting up your physical environment is key. And some of it has to do with turning off these things uh, that we carry yeah. around ourselves all the time. It's called phones. Right. Yeah. Huge. Giving ourselves permission to do that. And I know there's somebody saying, oh, no, I can't ever do that. <laughs> it's not true. It's not true. If you need to start with 10 minutes at a time, start with 10 minutes at a time. But I can tell you the world will not fall apart. And if you are one of the rare people on the planet that are going to get a call, a life or death call that you need to respond to, like you're an ER doc, right. okay, <laughs> then set it up so that only that person that's the one person that's going to reach you in an emergency can get through and be really clear with the rest of the people around you yeah. that you're doing deep, deep dive work now and when they can get a hold of you. Okay. So it's, it's usually not that you need to be available all the time. It's that people need to know when they can reach you and when you are available. And when you make that shift, magic happens in terms of your ability to focus and not get interrupted and not interrupt yourself, right? Because right. the phone is usually about us interrupting ourselves and double checking. Well, what's on yeah. the feet, right? <laughs> it's true. Yeah. 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 So setting up your routine and your environment to support your productivity is what I really call engineering your containment system, right? So you need to contain the stuff that you don't want to work on. You need to contain the stuff that you do want to work on and having it clearly in front of you. And you're super clear. I'm working on this one thing because it's the only thing in front of me. I'm not going to be distracted by other things that are on my desk or in my environment that are pulling me. And it's, it, it's, it's a challenge because we're up against our habits where we've taught ourselves to interrupt ourselves. We've taught our team to interrupt us. We've taught the world to interrupt us all the time. And that's okay. It's the opposite of productivity. Right, 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 right. Yeah, it is interesting how, how we do it to ourselves. And then we build this narrative that this is what other people expect. Yes. So, right. So we have to like live in this universe where not necessarily, we just have to explain what we need now. Exactly. Exactly. And I, I once worked with a florist. I, I love this example because it was such a big aha for her. And she was saying to me, I'm sitting in her office and she was saying to me, I have to answer the phone 24 seven because, you know, what if somebody dies and they need flowers? <laughs> it, Right. I mean, you can hear the silliness yeah. when I say that. Yeah. But I really had to reflect back to her. They're dead. They don't need flowers at 2 a.m. <laughs> right. Yeah. We all have our, but we all have our own story around that. Yeah. That needs to be deconstructed. Right. And this is calming that inner fear discussion and saying, how do I set myself up for success? Yeah. How much access do people really need to have, have to me? And when is the best time for me in terms of how my brain functions, how my work life functions, how my home life functions? When is the best time for me to be available and to serve people in that way? And how do I help my team if I have a team or the rest of the business help 
handle the things that I'm not the one who needs to solve. Other people can solve. Well, that's a big part of it too, isn't it? It is. It is. Getting clear about what is your work to do and what is other people's work to do. Right. Yeah. yeah. I, I and, and easily funneling the work in the direction that it really needs to go. Right. Exactly. Yeah, particularly as business leaders, you know, we, we are the log jam most of the time and I'm raising yeah. my hand. I know you can't see the hand up in the air, but, mm. but I have this conversation with my team all the time. If I'm the log jam, let me know yeah. <laughs> and let's change it. <laughs> yeah, we really are. It's interesting. Yeah. It's a control thing or a vulnerability thing, something. Well, and I think a lot of it, Diane, is also a habit thing. Yeah. Uh, right. It also is because this is how we've done it. And we've built the business to this point, And I've always done this thing. Yeah. So there's this conversation in our heads that, well, if I don't do it, who's going to do it? Right. So answer that question. If I don't do it, who's going to do it? And how am I going to know that they're doing it without having to micromanage them? Right. That is what sets you free. That is what allows you to do the most meaningful and important things that are really your job to do yeah. and let other people do the things that they do best. That's yeah. how we all thrive. That's called a strength-based system. And that's how we all thrive. Yeah, boy. All right. Well, so let's talk about that. So then how does someone determine not only like what is the most important thing for them to be doing at a given time, but even what are the things that they should not be doing? It all comes down to um, having a prioritizing system. And I know like there's a lot of people that are just heard me say that and rolled their eyes like, oh, geez, priorities. I've heard this before. It's, <laughs> and here's the thing. You need to have a prioritizing method. And when I work more closely with people, it's really, really robust, Diane, that we have a prioritizing method, but it's actually not helping us prioritize the most important stuff, yeah. right? <laughs> you have a prioritizing method. You know what you're getting done most, most of the time. You know what you're doing most of the time that's telling you what you're prioritizing. Yep. Right. So, yeah. yeah. So some of it is just noticing how really am I spending my time? But then the next, the most important thing here is what are your meaningful and important goals in your business and for your life outside of your business? How do they work together? And then that's a prioritizing method. Right. So if there's something on my business goals, uh, that better be represented in my day, my week, or my month. Yeah. Yeah, that's a really, yeah. What, what, say that again. So your goals need to be represented in terms of how you're spending your time. Yeah. So that's if huge. I have a goal to increase revenue, I need to say, what are the behaviors that I need to do that will increase revenue? Right. When are they happening in my day, in my week, in my month? And at what frequency? Yeah. And this is what I call putting together a flexible template for your time. And notice I didn't say block your day out with so many activities that you're never going to do them and you blow off your schedule, right? <laughs> <laughs> Which is what most people end up doing. Oh, yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. So you want to get really clear about what are those puzzle pieces that go into your week? 
that are non-negotiable? And then how do you sequence them in a way that works for you? Now, those puzzle pieces need to be related and need to directly point to your long-term meaningful goals. Yeah, right. Yeah. I love looking at it that way. That's so, I mean, I get, you know, I think we know that on some level, but I don't think we actually sit down and say, and do it in that fashion where we can see the, the link. Yeah, and here's the thing. If your goals have deadlines or timeframes in which you want to accomplish them, then you have meaning, importance, and time sensitivity all in one piece yeah. in your goals. And those are the things that are really important. Sometimes we forget about the important stuff, right? The stuff that's yeah. going to move the needle on your goals. And sometimes we forget about time sensitivity. Yeah. Right. And this is the whole, uh, you know, Stephen Covey has the urgent versus important yeah. um, sort of quadrants. Yeah. Um, it comes out of his book, uh, Seven Steps or Seven Steps for Highly Effective People. I'm getting the title wrong, but you guys. Seven Habits of Highly seven Effective Habits. People. There you go. Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And when people talk about prioritizing, this is the thing they talk about most that's most helpful, right? Is it important or not important? Is it meaningful or not meaningful? And then yeah. you have four different quadrants, important and meaningful, not important, right? I'm sorry, yeah. important and, and urgent. Right. Important, not urgent, Yeah. right? Yeah. So those are important and urgent, important and not urgent are the things you wanna spend your time doing. Not important and urgent, you don't wanna do not important and not urgent, you don't want to do either. Yeah. But that's where we get stuck with a lot of stuff. So the looking at your meaningful goals naturally helps you say, is this important? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And many people have business goals. Now, lots of us have business goals that we don't ever look at. Right. That don't feel meaningful and important. Right. So that, that becomes the conversation of how do, what is meaningful and important to me? Why do I care about doing these activities? And for small business owners, really important to ask yourself those questions because even if it's something you don't like to do, what's the business function of it? Because sometimes that can help you get started. Right. You might not love bookkeeping, but if you start to think about bookkeeping really and invoicing as part of customer service, well, I care a lot about customer service. Right. Yeah. So that's a that's a no-brainer now. That stuff just happens. The system's set up because I want my I want my clients to understand what they have paid me and what they need to pay me and the boundaries around my services. Yeah. So, because it helps them be better clients and me be a better coach. Right. So fill in the blank of the industry, customer service is important. So lots of things that, that feel like administrative stuff that we all go uck to doing, right? First of all, find the person on your team who loves to do that stuff. That's, a right. <laughs> That's right? what I was just thinking. Sure. Yeah. Do that. And then if there is something that you go uck, then yeah. ask yourself, why do I really care about this? And how do I make it more meaningful? Because meaning wakes up your brain. It makes it easier to do stuff. 
It just does. Well, and, and could it be that um, sometimes we believe that there's um, a direction that our business should be going in? Maybe someone suggested it to us. And so we thought, oh, this must be the direction I should be going in. And, and the truth is, it isn't. And that's why we're not really doing the things to head in that direction. Yeah. Yeah. So again, that goes to long-term meaningful goals. Yeah. And what is the goal and is the action you're taking helping you get there? Yeah. And are you assessing that regularly? Because yeah. the thing I know is that we often have goals, but we don't have a relationship with them. Right. And then you can't really assess if your actions are getting you where you want to go. If you don't truly have a target. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Exactly. This is so interesting. And, and it's really easy to also, if you don't have the clear target and you're not noticing your relationship to it, and if what your actions are doing are taking you towards that target, then it's hard to know if you're distracted. Oh, I see. Because you're just, you're just doing what you do, right? We're all sort of on this behavioral treadmill. We just yeah. kind of do what we do. And unless we stop and pause and use our big frontal lobes once in a while to think about the big picture and be in relationship to that, then it's really easy to feel busy all the time and like you haven't gotten anything done. Right. Yeah. And it's always amazing when you actually get stuff done, how that feels. Yes. Yes. And so that, that gets back to enabling your routines and your environment to support productivity. Use those habits mm -hmm. and start to develop those habits. And I also want to be clear, you might need your hand held to develop those habits. It doesn't mean that you're a bad person. It means yeah. you're human. And we all move, we all work better when we get the right kind of support in the right situation. So success never happens in a vacuum. Yeah. And this is this other piece in terms of busting through procrastination and overwhelm. It's, it's also in terms of building the business, building the life that you want. You need to get support outside of your own head. If we could do it independently, then um, we wouldn't, by nature, work best in, in groups, right? Even right. if you're an introvert, you work best in relationship to other people. So that, that's really interesting because another question that I had was, do you find that this sort of problem is more prevalent in solopreneurs or is it just everyone, anyone, you know, what's your finding? I can tell you, I work with all sorts of folks. I think solopreneurs um, who feel like they have to do it all themselves, yes, absolutely. Like okay. that, I see that all the time. I also see it though in um, oftentimes in small businesses um, that are, are above the solopreneur sort of space um, because as they're growing, um, the person who is the founder or um, doing the bulk of the work is just so used to doing stuff that they forget to hand things off. They don't train, they don't train their team. They don't create systems by where somebody knows that things are happening. Um, it ends up being mm -hmm. all in every in, in their head and they're running around checking on people and thinking about it all the time instead of 
creating a system by where they know that team members are doing the right activities, again, related to long-term meaningful goals for the team member and also the business. And they forget to hand things off clearly and efficiently. Yeah, I, I can see that. that. That makes sense to me too. But I also see CEOs that have whatever their logjam is, right? <laughs> so um, I see CEOs of big companies. I see people that manage large teams. I see yeah. people, you know, uh, lawyers managing bigger firms, like hard to get out of their own way. We all have, I think, a piece of this. And I just want everybody who's listening to, to know, like, you're not alone. There's nothing yeah. wrong with you. And it can be shifted. And sometimes it takes a little bit of time. Sometimes it can be pretty quickly. Yeah, I, I got to tell you, um, I have found this tremendously valuable, especially the part about looking at your activities against your goals. That, mm -hmm. that you know, re really struck me. So... This yeah, is that is a, that's a power move, Diane. That's a power move. And um, it, just imagine a world in which when anybody asked you to do anything, you first said, is it related to my goals? Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. Right. See, and then it gets to, then it's so much easier to say, I'm sorry, not at this time. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and then the problem becomes keeping it going. Yeah. Right? And that's why yeah. I typically work with people for a few months at a time, because we yeah. need to practice doing that in all sorts of situations in our life. And you need to keep restarting doing yeah. that process because you're, you, you've trained yourself not to, right? You've trained yourself to ignore your goals. So we have to create a process by which you are in relationship to your goals that works for your brain, your life, your body, and your business, the whole system, right? Not just yeah. one piece of the system. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, speaking of that, so once again, thank you so much for spending this time with us. Um, and speaking of that, will you share with the listeners, you know, how they can find you, what you've got going on that you think they should know about, please? Absolutely. And thank you so much for having me, Diane. Sure. Um, you can find me at truefocuscoaching.com. That's T-R-U-E-F-O-C-U-S coaching.com. And um, there's a bunch of free resources there. If the busting through procrastination and overwhelm conversation is, um, is resonating with you, there's a free ebook there that you can grab um, that outlines the many of the concepts we've been talking about and more. It's actually a nice little workbook. So it's going to help you take some of those steps that we talked about. Um, and if you're feeling like you really want to talk to me directly, you'd love to see if and how we can work together. You can go to truefocuscoaching.com forward slash apply forward slash. And there's just a quick little application process to see if we're a good fit to have a conversation. Nice. That is great. I'll make sure that information is, is in the show notes as well. So yes, yeah, Sarah, of thanks. Yeah, you're welcome, Diane. Lots of free resources on the website. So go ahead and pop over there. That's great. Wonderful. Thank you. And listeners, thank you. You are who we're doing this for. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Accelerate Your Business Growth, a production of Evergreen Podcasts. Discover more episodes of this podcast and explore others at evergreenpodcast.com. As always, 
continue to prosper and be curious. And if you're looking to get your sales strategy headed in the right direction, pick up a copy of Succeed Without Selling on Amazon or wherever books are sold. Until we meet again on another episode of Accelerate Your Business Growth, goodbye and good day. Hi, my name is Sarah, and I want to tell you about my podcast called Can I offer you some feedback? I'm a business consultant and executive coach with over 20 years experience in change management, leadership development, and naturally providing feedback to high performers. My podcast is for those of you who have a complicated relationship with feedback, whether giving, receiving, avoiding, or seeking. Feedback is essential for our development. In each episode, you'll hear from real people across industries with their ideas, perspectives, and best practices on feedback. I'll also be sharing business bites with you, simple explanations of organizational tools, management techniques, and leadership philosophies that will help you and your businesses thrive. You can listen to Can I Offer You Some Feedback on your favorite podcast app or learn more at evergreenpodcasts.com.